Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Thank you, everybody, for, for all of your love and your support this week. It means, it means the world to us and to Pastor Dave. This may be the most difficult message that I've ever done, and I have to speak about some things that may upset some of you. So please know that's not my intention in any way, and I pray for your grace and, and thank you for understanding the position that all of us in leadership here at New Covenant are in. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. And Father God, can we have the full and complete attention of everyone in this room, everyone that's listening online? Can we put away our distractions, uh, put away our thoughts and our concerns and our worries from the world, and just to focus on you and your word? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that soothing and comforting to hear, to be reminded of? Bible scholar William McDonald says the 23rd Psalm is probably the best loved poem in all of literature, not just in the Bible. It has a message that deeply reaches and touches our heart. Pastor Dave always taught me what his pastor taught him. Walk softly around broken hearts. And we have a lot of those in this room today, don't we? And my intention is to walk very softly and to be gentle, but to also be direct and truthful and to shine the light of Jesus Christ on everyone within the sound of this message. This has been uh, an extremely hard week. It's difficult to see so many who we love so dearly hurting so deeply. The family has set the details for the memorial service and you're all invited to join us this next Saturday, the 26th at 2 p.m. right here as we get together with family and friends to celebrate and remember the the life of of Carly Rao. We've really done our best to be completely available to Dave and Maddie and Emily and Campbell and Hudson while being careful to give them plenty of privacy and the space to be alone. We've had a good number of conversations with Dave in person and on the phone and and we feel he's doing absolutely as well as anybody could in this this kind of a situation. He's, He's both 
vulnerable and very strong. And I'm so proud of him and, and what he's working to do. <laughs> he is one of my very best friends in the whole world. And if it wasn't for Dave Rao, I don't know that I would have ever become a pastor myself. And I know many other pastors who can say the same thing. Dave has this gift at spotting spiritual talent and gifts and taking them under his wing to help them grow in their ministries. Over the years, though, I've come to realize that Dave has many best friends. He has this, this incredible ability to make you feel like you're very important to him, extra special in his life, and that makes him a treasure to so many of us. One of the, one of the pastors, uh, Ray Del Toro, who's taught here, filling in for Dave in the past, called me the other day, and we were, we were laughing about that, that we can't be jealous of each other. Dave has, has lots of best friends. And, and I know that he loves so many of you deeply and personally, and he's so proud of, of this church fellowship for your willingness to share and to care for others. And he's also incredibly proud of his young adult children and the way they have come together to love on each other. They have been amazing. I've been saying they're all of one mind, and you know that's not easy to do when there's a, a tragic death in the family. Dave has spent over 35 years of his life ministering to others, and now it's our time to minister to him. And, and it's both an honor and a real challenge to try to serve someone who has served so, so many of us. And I expect that it's going to be difficult for him to be on the receiving end of things. And I ask you to pray that we make it easier for him through our gentleness and thoughtfulness. We sincerely hope that you'll follow the request that we outlined by giving them the time and the space to grieve and to try to refrain from texting or calling or emailing directly, at least for now. I know that's impossible for some. The other day, Dave mentioned he had 70 text messages to answer just from that one afternoon. And, and, and I told him, I said, that's the result of you being such a, a caring pastor and a good friend to so many thousands of people over the decades. But being a pastor, he feels this responsibility to respond, to minister. And, and it's very tough to find the bandwidth to do that when you're dealing with losing your wife, the partner with whom you've shared 32 years of your life. And so, as we mentioned, sending a card or an email to the church is, is the best way to encourage him at this point, and we'll see that he gets those in appropriate ways at appropriate times. This is a, a, a part that I want you to pay extra attention to, and uh, the part that I was asking for grace about, having led uh, a good number of funerals and memorials over the past 10 years. I've seen a lot of people have their feelings hurt, and it could have been, in most cases, easily avoided. So I, I feel led to make a couple of suggestions that I pray you will all carefully consider. Be careful, and this is not just for Dave, but for anybody that you deal with that is hurting, that is grieving. Be very careful of spouting what we call Christian cliches, and all of us, including myself, are guilty of this at, at, at some point point in time, things that may be true or, or even from Scripture but are not helpful or encouraging to those who are suffering deeply at that moment. 
phrases like she's in a better place now or she's she's no longer in pain or all glory all, all, all things work for the glory of God now they can say those things and if they do we say yes amen hallelujah but it, it, it's uncomfortable coming from us and please don't say I know how you feel no you don't David's reminded us of that many many times and, and I imagine that most of you have lost someone that you love deeply in the past, but nobody who's grieving right now wants to hear about how you lost your great uncle Elmer five years ago. It doesn't match up. And those are the type of sayings that a deeply grieving person just can't process right away. Down the road, sure, but not today. Not next week. I suggest instead sharing a sweet memory of the person who passed or, or recalling a, a kind or, or loving comment that he or she made to you about the one you're talking to or, or letting the family know what an impact he or she made on your life. That will be a treasured gift the grieving will carry with them for the rest of their life. I was so touched at my father's funeral 15 years ago from those kinds of things and I, I still treasure them today. And please, get over your driving need for knowing every detail. I've seen this more and more, especially over the past two years with the focus on COVID. At the start, it was, it was almost like an evil whisper. What, was it COVID? What? What? Who did they get it from? Did, didn't they stay home? Weren't they wearing a mask? What happened? And even as people were in the hospital clinging to life, asking close family questions like, well, what kind of medications are they on? Have they got this? Have they got that? What, what treatments were they given? What hospital? What doctor? And I asked, what business is it of ours? And why do we feel this need to know? I promise that if the hurting person is comfortable with you and the personal relationship you've built up with them through trust, they will share that information when they are good and ready. I've done funerals for people that I have no idea what they passed away from because it's not my business to ask unless the family feels comfortable in sharing it with me. Pushing people for information, especially while they're grieving, is completely inappropriate for anyone, especially for a Christian. Jesus taught what we call the golden rule, treating others as we would hope to be treated if it was our loved one who had passed from this world. I have a friend named Carolyn who had a, a little boy who was special needs. Patrick grew into a, a very happy, eager adult, got a job as a bagger at Smith's and loved it. Everyone there loved him. One night last year, he was walking home from work when he was attacked by two men who knew him, who had always bullied him. And they brutally knocked him to the ground and he hit his head and was declared brain dead within a few days. And I was talking with her about this situation with, with Pastor Dave's family. And I said, what, what, what do you remember from what you went through? And she wrote to me, with me, everybody wanted to know play by play what happened to Patrick as if I was there. And that totally set me off, as if that's going to change things, especially while I'm here about to have to pull the plug because he's been declared 
brain dead. So in other words, those who were close to her were more concerned about getting all the details than they were about her or her son. Nobody asked, how are you doing? Is there anything we can do to help? Is there something at the house we can take care of? How can we pray for you? And she wrote, I'm thinking of what Dave Rao and his kids are going through on a much larger scale, and I'm thankful that the staff at New Covenant is protecting their privacy. This is going to take some time. The fact is that Pastor Dave and his kids asked us as their closest family and friends to respect their privacy for a while until they were ready to talk about that. And we did our best. We informed the pastors and the staff individually and in person as soon as we could. Then we alerted ministry leaders and those who were extremely close to the family. Uh, Military world, business world, Sensitive information is very often distributed on what is called a need-to-know basis, and that means that all the details are shared only with those who absolutely need to know at the moment. And doing our best to honor Pastor and his family and their wishes, only a handful of those in our family at New Covenant were given all the info that we had at the time. Everyone else was told what you heard at the beginning of the service today, that Carly had passed away suddenly and unexpectedly, and we asked everyone to pray and to refrain from speculation and to give them time to process and grieve over what had happened. And we're incredibly grateful and thankful that the vast majority of you did a wonderful job with that. But I'm also disappointed that a number of you informed others, shared things that we asked you to keep private and speculated, even gossiped on what may have happened and why. And again, I point to the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if you're one of those persons, I, I pray that you'll be convicted that what you did was wrong, that it was hurtful to some and had the potential to be devastating to others, that it could have been damaging to our fellowship here at New Covenant. I had a a, a, a lady who's very involved here contact me very concerned and upset she'd been told things she said you know even if they're true they should not have been said and 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 I told her I, I don't want to know the name of the person who told you but I hope that you'll carefully and kindly but firmly tell them that you did not appreciate them telling you that and I hope they will ask God to forgive them and I added and please tell that person that if she doesn't understand what she said was wrong, I'll be happy to meet with her in person to, to explain. And I said, and in the future, if anyone comes to you with things like this, you're perfectly in line with Scripture by telling them, I'm sorry, but that's inappropriate for you to be sharing with me right now. You know, Scripture teaches us about what we call the priesthood of every believer and that means that we're all given direct access to God we're no longer separated by the the big curtain that was in the temple that means we're all given the responsibility to be held to the holy standards of being a Christian man or woman and with that comes the expectation that there are private personal things from time to time that we will not share with anybody else that we can be trusted to keep a confidence as pastors and ministry leaders, we're often in a sensitive situation dealing with individuals who trust us enough to share very confidential things about themselves and their families. And we are not even to speak of it to our wives or to other pastors unless we're given specific 
permission. And I understand that. Perhaps some of you didn't know this or understand that yet. And I pray that you will from this day on because we're, we're not done with these kinds of situations. I know there were others who speculated and called and contacted and asked probing questions. And, and I, I, I looked at a scripture this week in a list of what he called every kind of wickedness. Paul in the book of Romans listed sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. He equated them with those horrible things, that, that, that activity with those horrible things. And if you participated in anything like that, I pray that you will pray for Jesus to, to help you be more aware and more caring and more sensitive next time. Myself and all of those that you saw up on stage with us this morning love this church, and we've seen so much kindness and gentleness and generosity. And, and I choose to believe that none of the things that a few of you did or said were done maliciously, but I also ask you to pray to God deeply to help you understand how insensitivity from any of us during tumultuous times can be hurtful. And if you're ever wondering about whether or not you should share something you've heard about someone else, ask yourself a few simple questions. Is it true? Is it helpful to the body of Christ? Is it hurtful to anyone else? And is it really necessary? Proverbs 16, 21 says, The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. In verse 24, it says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. None of us in leadership ever spoke a word about hiding anything from any of you. Never. Our goal is to be transparent and open with everything from our finances to our, our personnel situations. Our concern was providing a temporary shield of protection for those who were hurting the worst until they were able to, to gather their thoughts, to grieve, and to spend time together with each other in the Lord. And now, less than a full week later, they are ready. Today, I have the full blessing of Pastor Dave and all four of his children to share some more of the details. As we said at the beginning, many of you know Dave's very close to his older brother, Don, who struggles with very serious heart conditions, and Dave often spends one, two nights per week staying with Don to provide friendship and fellowship and also to help. And as we said last night, or last Sunday night, Dave spent the night at Don's. He came home in the morning to find that Carly had passed away and that tragically she had taken her own life. It's so sad and it's so hard. And I will point out that we've had many, many tragedies in this church over the past couple of years. In the past couple of weeks, Natalie McNichols buried her husband, David. Jim Van Risen is getting ready to, 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 to bury his, his bride of 53 years, surely, this next weekend. Lee Schaefer lost his wife, Terry. Stephanie Jim, a single mom of five kids who raised her sisters, five kids. Has her mom in the hospital at Presbyterian right now. And we never announce 
the cause of the death for any of those people. It's not our business. But Scripture says that if you choose to be a teacher, a leader, you are held to a higher standard. And so we just want you to know. Anytime we lose somebody that we love deeply, it's so hard, it's so terribly difficult. And the stigma attached to suicide and the mental state that usually goes along with it can cause long-lasting, deep damage to the survivors. The, the surviving family members are known as survivors of suicide. And the family and the close friends often suffer horribly. Anger, anxiety, guilt, re regret. What, what I call the woulda, coulda, shoulda syndrome. If only I... So, it's a very complex situation and we pray for your continued kindness and love and consideration in the months to come and with everybody who's hurting and grieving i've learned as a pastor that you never know what's going on inside another person's mind what's going on behind their doors what's going on in their lives and if they know that they can trust us and love us and share their deepest secrets then the fellowship the love the relationship with them and with Jesus Christ grows. Concerning what Carly did, it's very difficult. We certainly do not condone it. We are not qualified to condemn it. Jesus said, do not judge lest you be judged. We know that Scripture teaches no one has the right to take a life of another or themselves. We also know that Carly suffered great trauma earlier in her life, her her sister was murdered brutally, and the, that, that was years and years ago, and they've never found the person that did it. She, she had a, a lot of horrible things happen as a child, and over the past years, she's had tremendous physical pain and mental anguish, and all of that is between her and her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God rest her soul. And I don't want in any way to make this about me, but, but I feel compelled to share that at two different times in my life. Long ago, I was so depressed. I was so hopeless. I felt I had no reason to go on living. But for some reason, I held on one more day and one more day. And I'm here to say that I am so glad that I did because God had not yet revealed all the goodness and the wonderful things that come through Him in a relationship. And I would have missed out on so much. And we don't have time to teach about this today, but we will soon. There are so many resources available. And if you're feeling like you're on the edge or, 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 or don't want to continue, please wait one more day, one more week. Call us. Come talk to us. We'll, we'll put you in, in contact with a, a skilled professional. We have several here available and we, we have one that will, will be available after service today there are so many people who care and you may not see it or feel it right now but I promise there are reasons to hang on Jeremiah 29 11 says for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord and they are plans to prosper we spent a lot of time today uh, discussing Dave and his family and uh, we've made it clear that there's nothing for them to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. 
we know without a doubt they did everything they could over many long years. And, and, and we hope that you can now understand why we so carefully worded what we said and just simply asked you as a family of Christ to give them a little time. I asked Dave the other day, I said, are you ready? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, but I'm going to talk to the kids first. And I called and Campbell picked up and he says, okay, well, we've been thinking about it. Let me talk to my sister. And I didn't realize it, but his sister Emily was standing right there and she was overheard the conversation. She picked up the phone. She said, yes, Steve. She said, uh, my mom uh, always called herself the queen of what she called telling it like it is. So yes, Steve, tell it like it is. And David's promised that when he's ready, he'll share more of his heart on living through this tragic experience, just as he's done many times over the years in recounting the experience of losing his father when he was only eight years old. But we've all seen how over the years, God has used that pain in Pastor Dave's life for the good of his kingdom. And, and several times, Dave has spoken op openly and from his heart about his experience of battling severe depression when he took a break a couple years ago. And we trust that this extremely hard experience will be used in his ministry in incredibly powerful and effective ways in the years to come. And there's a scripture I'd like for all of you to, to read and to share and to pray over Dave, Maddie, Emily, Campbell, and Hudson. Pray that they will experience this, that they will be living examples of 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In other words, God brings us comfort when we hurt the worst, when we're going through the unimaginable. And I promise, Dave has never hurt worse than he does right now. But this scripture promises down the road, when we're better, he will use our huge pain to help others who are going through the same or similar things so that they can find their comfort in the arms of Jesus. This is beautiful and absolutely true. I've seen this many, many times in my life and in the lives of many others. So, so please join us all week in praying this for the Ralph family. And for all of the others in our fellowship who are hurting so, so deeply right now, grieving because of depression, discomfort, disease, divorce, or even death. In Ephesians 6, we read, Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in that dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And I think it's very important that we understand that all of us, along with Pastor Dave, are under spiritual attack. Just barely 24 hours after coming home to discover that, that Carly had left this world, Dave surprised us. He dropped by our pastor's meeting to, um, to hug us and to chat. Spent about a half hour being open and honest and vulnerable and, 
and sharing his heart and telling us, I'm going to get through this. Then he left to go back home to be with his brother Don. And a few minutes later, we, we became aware of some commotion. Dave had brought his two little chihuahua dogs along with him in the car. And think back over the years, how many times has he found an excuse to work those two guys into his sermon, right? <laughs> when Dave got out of the car, he did not notice that one of the guys slipped out. And as he rushed about to find his little friend, he was horrified to see his beloved little buddy battered and spread out on Paseo del Norte. And that is cruel and unusual punishment. And that, in my mind, could only come from the evil one. Just like happened with Job in the Bible, the evil one knew Dave was already lying down bleeding in his heart, but he walked up and kicked him in the face anyway. And that was the moment that I realized this was a spiritual attack. This is spiritual warfare, and I don't want you to be afraid, but we must all be very aware. The Apostle Peter reminds us to watch out for the devil who roams around like a roaring lion looking for anyone that he might devour. So let's all guard our hearts and our minds and put on the spiritual armor described in the rest of that passage in Ephesians 6. I hope you'll go there this week and remind yourself every day because I promise he's not done roaming or roaring or looking yet. And I realize that most of us are uncomfortable with death. We want to be caring and soothing and helpful, but we don't always know what to say, what to do. Just remember that the most powerful thing we can do for anyone who's hurting doesn't require speaking any words at all. It's being a good listener to let them talk, to let them cry, to let them rant and rave if that's what's needed. You know, Job's friends were excellent for a week and then they opened their mouths and, and blew it for 20 chapters. <laughs> Chaplains learn this early on and refer to it as the ministry of presence. Just being available when they ask us is of great service to them. And if and when it's time to talk, tell them we love them and we care about them and we're praying for them. And then really do it. Pray right there with them if it's appropriate and, and go home and pray for them day after day and pray for our church and pray for the church at large worldwide for the kingdom of God because we are all under great attack right now. Again, our sincere apologies for those who didn't hear this news until the start of this service. We honestly did our best to inform everyone we could about the situation ahead of time and when possible in person there's never a good time or good way to share news like this and, and I think all of us go back to our memory banks over the past two years and there's been way too much sad news and I'm here to tell you sad news is part of life we have so many beautiful stories of biblical heroes who lived incredibly tough assignments impossibly difficult situations but scripture shows us the way through in the book of lamentations the prophet jeremiah wrote something that i feel is very appropriate for today i will never forget this awful time as i grieve over my loss 
Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance and therefore I will hope in Him. can't even tell you how many funerals I myself have presided over. The rest of the staff, same thing. Several from COVID, we've lost uh, several in the fellowship. Just dreadful. Many more from cancer and other things like COPD and dementia, as well as strokes, auto accidents, and unfortunately, even other suicides. And again, I point out, we've, we've done several of those, and we knew, but we never said a word to anybody because it wasn't appropriate. But it's important that we remember that nobody is promised tomorrow, which means that we need to recognize the gift from God that each day alive in this world is meant to be. We have to apply everything that I've said today to all the many others in our NCC family and even those outside in our neighborhood, in our, in our workplace, in our schools in our extended families who faced heartbreak and tragedy and death and so many diseases. The love and kindness and goodness that Jesus places in us is not expected to stay there. It's designed to, to spill out of us and onto and into the lives of others. We are here in this life to know God in a deeply personal way. If you've ever wondered, why am I here? That's the simple answer. And it's profound if you think about it. And once we do that, then we are to devote our lives to making Him known to others. And no matter what we do for a living, we're all called to shine the light of Jesus on this world to share the good news of the gospel. And you don't have to be a preacher or a teacher or, or any sort of ministry leader to do that. One of the best ways is by being friendly and kind and interested in the welfare of others. At work, wherever. How, how, how are you? Is everything okay? You, you look kind of down this week. I'm not trying to be nosy, but if there's anything I could pray for, let me know. And to try and stay positive in this negative world is not easy, but it's so important to do the kind and caring things for others in the name of Jesus, especially when they're hurting. None of us in this room get a free pass on that assignment. Carly really did have a heart for the hurting, and you'll hear a lot about it next Saturday at her memorial, and we've seen some really wonderful testimonies on the comments on our Facebook page that those she helped and encouraged over the years. We had a terrible tragedy with a, a young man through no fault of his own that was shot in the side of the head was in a coma clinging to life for two months and 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 now is blinded for life but is going to be baptized here in a week or so and dave and carly took the littles in that family into their home as their own for months while mom was at his bedside all day i know that with all the Concerning news in the world today, potential wars, just everything going on. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. And I'm here to, to remind us all that. 
It's normal that we will sometimes feel deflated, but God's word promises we will not be defeated. Scripture promises if we can be faithful unto the end, we are guaranteed to win. And Romans 8.31 is such a powerful scripture, especially today. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I can hear some of you saying, yeah, that's, that's nice, Steve, but I can't take it anymore. I'm just getting hit with wave after wave at work, at home, sometimes even here at church. And I get it. I feel it myself, and I can, I can start to, to slip down that slope almost every day, but I'm constantly reminding myself to hold tightly onto the rock and not that big muscle-bound Hollywood actor, okay? <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Him, I find calmness and rest and hope. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I will trust in the Lord our God, for he is our rock. Take that, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want us to focus on death, but he doesn't want us to fear it either. The fact is today, every one of us are exactly one day closer to the end of our time on this earth and scripture reminds us that our life is is no bigger than the width of God's hand that no person knows how his or her days are numbered and I don't know about you but that motivates me to recognize and realize I don't have forever to accomplish the things that that God has set in front of me in John 13 34 Jesus said so now I am giving you a new commandment love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So as we head back out into this world today, let's all keep our eyes and our ears open for opportunities to do the good things that God sets in our path. Let's not turn our head or ignore them or, or put it off and wait and hesitate. Knowing that our good works shine 
the light of the Lord on those who don't know him yet or those who have drifted away. And let us pray to have a mind like Jesus, to be willing to think of others first as better than ourselves, that their needs, that their concerns are more important than ours, and to love others in a way that only true followers of Jesus Christ can do. Please join me in prayer. Great and mighty God, through our tears, through our questions, through our care and concern, you are here with us in this room today. Help us to remember that we carry you inside our hearts, that your Holy Spirit is part of our being, part of who we are now, that we have asked you into our lives as Lord and Savior. Lord, soothe our pain. Help us to look for ways to soothe the pain of others. Help us to take our mistakes and, and, and even our victories, Lord, and to learn from them how you would have us to be today, tonight, and tomorrow. Father, thank you for forgiving us for your grace and your mercy as we read it's brand new each morning. And no matter what we've done, we know that as we wake up each morning to face the sun, both the S-U-N and the S-O-N, that there is fresh hope, a clean start with a clean and forgiven heart. We love you, Lord. We pray that you would help us through these difficult days to come, that we would never give up, that we would never give in, that we would remember that your word promises that we, in the end, will win. And we pray these things in the holy and mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.